Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And we're going to change things up a little. I just got back from vacation. I was away for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. And then I was at a conference for a week. I feel like I haven't done this in forever. So we're going to do something a little different today because I feel like I need to get back in the saddle in a super positive way. Usually, I might be a little bit of a fear monger talking about what are the things that could go wrong? What are the things that are bad? And let's face it, I deal with people who are getting divorced and I, I deal with couples in high conflict. But today I want to talk about 10 signs of faithfulness in your marriage. These are the indicators that are going to tell you that it's good. This is where I want it to be. And they might be measuring sticks to help you figure out how to make it even stronger. So let's start from the tippy, tippy top. The statistics on infidelity in this country are kind of varied. A 2012 Washington Post study showed that 70 to 80% of marriages, 70 to 80% of all marriages have an incident of infidelity. But don't freak out. I know it sounds like seven out of 10 marriages, somebody's boffing somebody they shouldn't be. A New York Times study in 2018 showed that it's only 15% of women and 25% of men. That's all, just all 50%. And now if you assume that those women and men are in the same marriages, that means that only 25% of relationships have infidelity. That's one out of four. Oh, wait a minute. That's still kind of high, is it? And if some of those women and men are actually in different marriages, like it isn't always that both people are cheating. You could probably assume that maybe 30 or maybe even 40% of marriages have infidelity. So the range is, let's say, 30% to 80% is what's estimated, and nobody really knows. But that's based on studies that are done, and that means that three out of 10 or eight out of 10 marriages at some point experience infidelity. So here are 10 signs that you don't have to worry about that. Or you might think of it as 10 goals that will help you to build a stronger marriage, one that's reliable, one that's consistent, one that you can care on. And so here's the story, all right? Faithfulness is based in intimacy. And we've talked about intimacy on Rich and Relationship a whole bunch because intimacy is really in current times, the end goal of modern relationships. I mean, yeah, there was a time when people got married just because it was financially the best thing to do. But today, we marry for love. Today, we marry to grow in one another and help one another grow. And intimacy is the road to do that. Now, intimacy has got three legs. The first leg is caring communication. The second is empathy. And the third is, can you guess what it is? It's really important. It's trust. And so if your marriage is missing or weak in one of these areas, the chances are you're more likely to have either a weaker marriage or even infidelity. And so what we're going to talk about is how these 10 signs are part of these three legs. So let's start with my favorite, which is caring communication. A lot of the work I do is about helping couples stop having the fight, which is not so caring, and start having deeper understanding and empathy 
and caring. That's like what I do with couples who are up against it. Even people who are in the divorce process, these things can help. Caring communication is regular, it's open and it's honest. And the basis is that you feel safe enough to express your needs and wants to one another. That means like maybe sex isn't what you want it to be. You're willing to say, honey, that doesn't feel so good or that felt really good. Whatever it is, you know, you feel safe and you care enough to bring it up. You feel like you care enough to speak about your concerns and your feelings. If you're happy or sad, you share it. You have regular times where you discuss your schedules and when you're in important meetings so that if you know that you're going to be somewhere, you can't be reached, your partner knows that and they understand. You know that in an emergency, you're going to drop what you're doing, even if it's an important meeting. And the first four signs are grounded in this principle. So let's talk about them one at a time. Sign number one, numero uno device transparency we're going to call it today device transparency means your partner's not afraid to leave your phone on the table it means you might even know their unlock code your partner is not afraid to show you stuff on their phone and have you hold it and if you start scrolling through it they don't try and grab it back they're completely calm and relaxed with you handling their phone maybe you need to use their laptop you know their code they're happy to have you go through it. There's complete transparency with devices. Why is that a sign? Because on the other side, when someone has something to hide from you, they usually don't want to show their device or their computer. When they've got secret texts going on, when they've been chatting with somebody on Facebook Messenger, when they've been cruising a dating app, which married people have been known to do, they don't want you to know about it. So there's no transparency. So the first sign is they're open about their devices. They're not anxious about it. There's complete transparency. Makes sense, right? The second sign, you know where they are. Now that doesn't mean that you're sitting there with a tracker tacked on their butt and you know exactly what they're doing and you spend all your time making sure that they are where they are, but it does mean that there's little or no radio silence in the course of the day. I mean, if you need to reach them, you can text them and they'll respond. Or if you call them, they don't just, you don't just go to voicemail when you call them if they're doing something else. You might get a quick message saying, I'm busy, I'll call you back. I mean, and yeah, sure, those text messages are automated and go out like that, but they care enough to send them instead of saying, oh, her again or him again. You know? And not only do they send it, but they actually follow through on it and they call you. The next sign is a consistent schedule. If your partner has to work with a travel schedule, my dog wants to get in on the show here, you know where they're going, you know what it's about. They're rigorous in talking through what they're gonna be doing with you. And they might even tell you how they feel about it. They might tell you, oh, I love to travel. I'm super excited about it. But they're always gonna to say to you, even if it's not completely true, they're gonna say, but baby, I'm gonna miss you. And because they know your concern and you care, they probably have set up with you a time to check in every day and to have that how did it go dear conversation. And that how did it go dear conversation, that is really a big part of caring communication. It's part of showing up for one another and not taking the relationship for granted. Fourth sign, this is going to sound a little funny. 
they're going to have a consistent appearance. Maybe their hair is always a little too long. Maybe their clothes are always a little frumpy. Maybe they're a little overweight or maybe they're super skinny or whatever it is. They're probably not going to make a major, major change in that area without talking to you about it. Why? Well, not because they know you're uber controlling and have to manage the way they look, but maybe they have a concern about it. So before they go out and hire a fashion consultant, or uh, there are these apps now where you can get clothes automatically before they go do that, they might say to you, you know what, I think my wardrobes, uh, you know what, I'm always wearing these black v-neck t-shirts. It's I've been doing it all the way through the pandemic. And I think it's time I introduced a little more color into my life. What do you think, honey? And they might talk to you about it. Or they might say, wow, you know, all that Ben and Jerry's during the pandemic really had a toll on me. I'm going to join the gym. What do you think? Instead of just one day coming back in a new suit or all of a sudden joining a gym without telling you and getting super buff, you know, that would be a sign that maybe something else is going on. So the fourth sign is consistent appearance or at least communicating before they make a major change. So that brings us to empathy or what I like to call walking in each other's shoes. There's this uh, Depeche Mode sign, try walking in my shoes. Just try walking in my shoes. You'll stumble in my footsteps, but it wasn't really about that kind of empathy. That's more about, oh, that's more about people who just don't have any empathy. But walking in each other's shoes is a result of caring communication because caring communication inevitably leads to deeper understanding of your partner and empathy. You understand why they have a little trouble with intimacy, let's say, maybe because they grew up in a household where there was never any privacy and people were mocked. You have understanding of why they are the way they are, why they have the fears that they have, why they have the hopes and dreams that they have. And when they're blue, you notice and you want to empathize and you want to even act on that empathy because you care or vice versa. They care about you. They see a shift and change in you and they feel it. They feel it themselves. It's like there's enough of a connection so that they have a, there's, what's the word? They're having an, an emotional empathic experience with you. Hey, something's not right. No, it's okay. No, no, something's not right. Tell me about it. That's walking in each other's shoes. That's empathy. And the fifth sign that comes out of empathy is that your partner is super invested in the marriage. What does that mean they're super invested in the marriage? It doesn't mean that they're always polishing up their ring, though it could be. You know, it doesn't mean that they're always talking about, oh, we got a great marriage, though it could be. It means they're interested in what's going on with you. It means that even if you're talking about your work, and it's something they couldn't possibly understand. Let's say you write algorithms to measure customer satisfaction for an insurance company and your partner cleans up toxic waste for a living and you're talking to your partner about this algorithm. They have no math background, but they are listening, invested and going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're focusing on the feeling that's coming up. Maybe they don't understand the actual job you do, but they're focusing on the feeling you're having. And they're letting you know that they're in there with you and that they care and that they're invested in your success and your future and your outcome at work. And it's so easy 
when you're a couple to take each other for granted. And it's like, oh crap, here comes that story about the algorithms again. Or oh crap, he's talking about cleaning out oil tanks again. If this, if he talks about oil tanks one more time, I may kill him. Instead of going to that place, it's like, you know what? This is important to them. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up. This is the really important part. They not only ask how you're doing, or you not only ask how they're doing, but there's a willingness to explore why instead of going to problem solving. So a lot of times when someone comes home from work, they say, oh, you wouldn't believe it. Sarah is doing all these things wrong and I, I'm so furious about it. And the temptation is to say, well, why don't you just fire her? Instead of, well, tell me more, you know, how is that impacting you? Wow, that must be, and, and then reflecting back what you're hearing. Oh, that's impacting you in that way? Wow, that must be very painful for you and everyone else. You know, and eventually you might get to, what do you think you'll do about it before you, before you go right to what you know the answer is? Explore it with them, be relational. Don't go directly to problem solving. This is being invested in the marriage, invested in the relationship. Sixth sign, this one is huge. They're not afraid to talk about cheating. Now, let me just put in a precursor here. It is not unusual for someone to jump out of your skin, out of their skin, excuse me, if you say to them, are you cheating on me? So I'm not saying that if you say, are you cheating on me? And they make some kind of joke or get weird about it right away, that something's wrong. But I am saying if you were to come to them with emotional honesty and say, lately, lately I haven't known much about your schedule and wow, you haven't really been talking to me and I'm concerned, you know, is there somebody else? If you said it like that, and they still were joking and deflective, something might be wrong. But if they're, everything is kosher and everything's good, they should be able to have a conversation about it and explore it with you. Just like uh, we talked about investing in the marriage, instead of joking and deflecting, they might say, why would you think that? And you could say, well, your schedule's been a little off and we haven't been talking as much and it seems like you're just not as invested. And they'll say, oh, I could see how you feel that way. And they might have a whole conversation with you about it. And they might say, well, and just to be clear, what do you mean by cheating? Then you might say, oh, well, you know, I noticed that you have this relationship with Sally and that you and Sally seem to talk about things that really you should only be talking about in the marriage. I'm talking about like sometimes cheating can be about cheating emotionally. It isn't necessarily about doing the deed. And they'll say, oh, you know, I might have crossed that line. I'm going to be really careful not to. Or they might say, oh, I never do that. But they're going to have an honest and open conversation with you about it instead of, oh, 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 do you think I would invest all this time in this marriage to go out with some floozy or whatever kind of deflective reaction they might have? Or they might say, are you kidding me? Who do you think I am? I love you. I'm here for you. Form of deflection. Seventh sign. This is a good one. And also confusing, consistent sex. Now, if you're a man and you're hearing consistent sex, you might be thinking consistent sex on the schedule that I have in mind. That is not what we are talking about here. If you're a woman, you might be hearing consistent sex. I want a heck of a lot more of it or a heck of a lot less of it. Not talking about that here either. What we're talking about here is that you both consent to having sexual relations on a regular basis. And you both express interest in regular, in regular time. So that might mean that 
uh, you are coming on to him regularly and he's just exhausted and rolls over four times out of five, but on the fifth time, you know, he's going to engage with you. That's consistency. We're talking about consistency here. If all of a sudden one of you is not interested in sex, there's either something physically wrong that they haven't been talking about in their caring communication, or maybe there's somebody else that they're getting their needs fulfilled with, or maybe they're just fulfilling themselves. And again, not talking to you about it. Or if they suddenly want to have a whole bunch more sex, they might be trying to cover over something. They might be trying to hide the fact that they're having sex with someone else. Or what if all of a sudden they start coming in with a whole bunch of new techniques, right? The truth is consistent sex is going to be similar kind of scheduling, similar kind of techniques, unless you bring it up or they bring it up, right? It's fully possible. They might say, hey, you know what? For 21 years, we've been having sex the same way. I'm wondering if there's something we can do that might just ring the bell a little more. What do you think, honey? You know, and they might say, yeah, well, uh, vibrator, Cialis, um, dirty movie, quotes, dirty movies, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you think that is going to help with that. Though, honestly, um, sex movies don't usually help people with sex. Usually it sets a level of expectation for what could be that's unreasonable, because after all, the sex that happens in movies is staged. All right. And a little warning about that because I've worked with people who have developed pornography addictions and actually they've lost interest in having sex with their wives or husbands because what they're seeing in the movies is so above and beyond what is happening in their marriage that they that they it just and then they go out and have sex with other people and find that reality is so much different than what's portrayed in the movies. <clears throat> so watch out for dirty movies. Works for some people though. All right. The third leg is trust. Trust will occur when both partners are communicating and they're experiencing increased understanding. That is the result of what? Empathy of walking in each other's shoes. Trust is built in an environment of consistency and of integrity. And we've already talked about consistency, that things don't change too much, that there's some regularity, though that can be a danger in relationships too. And we'll talk about that in another episode of Rich in Relationship. But integrity is really important. That means that you do what you say or they do what they say. If there's a lot of inconsistency, if people don't do what they say, trust diminishes. If there is consistency and people do what they say, trust increases. Trust is the environment that allows us to reveal ourselves to one another, all of who we are. We know that our partner loves and accepts us, for example, when we burp, we fart, we have warts, we're aging, we're graying, we're wrinkling, and they're still there for us. They still care, and we know we can trust them. They know that they're in this for more than just appearances. All right, so the eighth sign that comes out of trust specifically is your friends are comfortable with you. And the reason for that is if there's infidelity, for example, you're usually the last one to find out. Your friends have a pretty good idea and they're uncomfortable around you. Or if your marriage is just awkward, your friends are uncomfortable with you. When your marriage is right, 
your friends are not only comfortable around you, they actually want to be with you, even both of you, because they want what you have and they hope it's going to rub off on them. And, you know, if you've ever been divorced, you know, the opposite is true. When you're getting divorced, your friends, they have very limited appetite for you because they're afraid that what you have will rub off on them, even though it's completely irrational. It's somewhere in there in their unconscious mind. They're thinking, God, whatever happened to Rich and Catherine, I don't want it to happen to me. And if I hang out with them, I might get it. All right. So your friends are comfortable with you. They want to hang out with you because you have what they want. Ninth sign. This may seem screwy, but it's definitely trust related. Financial transparency. And actually, if you look at the statistics, 40% of all divorces are driven by what? Money fights. But here's where it gets even crazier. 76% of all marriages have money fights. Financial transparency, where you both understand your expenses and income, you both understand your long-term financial prospects and what's going on in the household, that is a strong, strong sign of faithfulness. <clears throat> Think about it this way. You want to have a financial plan for your marriage just like you would for a business. And you want to have a financial plan that allows you to have some fun here and there. You both, maybe you both have like individual budgets, like fun money that you can just spend on whatever you want. If you want to spend it on firecrackers or a gold ring or uh, a shot or a gift for someone, it doesn't matter because you've budgeted for that and it doesn't impact your long-term plans or you're paying your bills at home or any of that other stuff. There are no surprises. That is financial transparency. And it is a strong sign that your marriage is healthy and that you are going to be faithful to each other. And now the 10th sign. Are you ready for this? Of course, the 10th sign is that your emotional intimacy is growing. In simple terms, you find yourselves growing closer over time. Now, why this seems so obvious why would it be the 10th sign i cannot tell you how many people i work with or how many people i talk to who feel like at some point in their marriage they're leading parallel lives that's where they're getting their individual fulfillment in other places not necessarily from one another and parallel lives is not emotionally intimate there may be some level of trust but the communication is going to be low and the empathy is almost non-existent. There's a, almost a taking for granted quality. Or it could be that one partner is super invested in their personal growth and growing their business. And they're just got their figure, their relationship is just going to support them in that. That's not emotional intimacy. Now it is fully possible to be like a mad entrepreneur and have emotional intimacy. I'm going to say that again. It is fully possible and even doable to be an intense entrepreneur and have your emotional intimacy grow at the same time. You just need to make sure that you cut out the time for that marriage. So the 10th sign is emotional intimacy is growing. You are more and more comfortable with one another because you understand each other more each day. That's the bottom line. Just remember, when a relationship is not growing, it is retreating. So do not underrate this. Now, as I've gone through this, the chances are you don't have all 10. And if I'm, or you might have all 10, but you may wonder 
if you really have all the qualities of each sign that I talked about. And I can tell you that most marriages don't. Most marriages are not a perfect 10. That's probably the best way to put it. Don't panic, all right? If you fall short on a couple of these signs, that's probably normal. Or if you've got all 10 signs, but they're not 100%, maybe you feel like you've got 50% of each, don't panic. Think of it as goals to work towards, things that you want to bring up with your partner. <clears throat> if you're short on four or five of them, or really just clearly missing four or five of them, you may have already invited infidelity into the door of your marriage, or you may be at risk of infidelity. And I really want you to hear that the way I said it. People don't walk out and have sex with someone else because just because they're bad people or just because they don't keep their word. Very often it's because something's missing in their marriage. And these are 10 areas that reflect the three legs of intimacy that are surefire signs that either all the pistons are firing or they're not. So if some area is weak, it's because you've allowed it to get that way. It takes two, yeah, it's not all you, but it is partially you. So you've got this awareness now. You have these 10 sides. You know what the three legs are. You know, intimacy is the heart of a strong marriage. You know that there are 10 signs that a marriage is strong. And if you're feeling like it needs a tune-up, you know, go to your partner and start some care and communication. Talk to them about, hey, you know what? I've noticed that you hide your phone from me. And, you know, maybe you're not doing it on purpose, but it, it scares me. And, you know, could we have a little more transparency? I will tell you the code on my phone. If you tell me the code on yours, I promise you that I'm not going to go all crazy and start going through everything on your phone. But I do want to know that you trust me. You see how that caring communication leads to trust? You might have those conversations. I just, that was just one example. That devices are often an area of personal privacy for people. Do what it takes to invest in the long-term health of your marriage. And if your partner's just unwilling, or if you don't know how to have that conversation, reach out for help. Call a rabbi, call a priest, call your best friend, your mom, your dad, call a therapist, call a coach, call me. Reach out to rich at richinrelationship.com. R-I-C-H at R-I-C-H-I-N-R-E-L-A-T-I-O-N-S-H-I-P.com. You heard that moment where I paused. It's like, I had to ask myself, do I still know how to spell relationship? It's really funny. Uh, it's a, and it's, if you call me or reach out to me, I'm happy to help you. I'm not going to charge you for like a quick call or some communication. I'm 100% invested in building healthy marriages and healthy families. That's my personal mission is healthy marriages and healthy families. I want to see a world filled with people who are in marriages that they want to be in, where they're comfortable, where they feel loved and are loving, and when they're teaching their children how to have healthy relationships. Because I firmly believe that everything starts at home. When our marriages are strong and our relationships are strong, our children are stronger. And when our children are stronger, we're out not only solving the conflicts and problems inside of our families and straightening what was crooked that was given to us by our fathers and grandfathers and great grandfathers and mothers, but we're also straightening what's crooked in the world by our, our love and our commitment, our integrity and our willingness to make a difference. And that all starts with families.
Thank you for coming to another episode of Rich in Relationship and have an awesome, awesome evening, day, morning, whatever's going on for you.